What's up and welcome to another episode of the Gift of Gaming podcast, only this one's a little bit different. So, our plan for the Gift of Gaming podcast is at the end of every single month to do a little bit of a recap of all the news stories that we were interested in that happened throughout the month. So, ladies and gentlemen, prepare for your January edition of the Gift of Gaming podcast news. Uh, Joining me today on the show... To talk about the news is the OG crew, the guys from the original episodes. I got Mr. Xbox Game Pass himself, Luke Maycock. Luke, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great, Darren. Thanks. And also joining me, the OG crew, Chris. Chris, how you keeping, bro? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Darren. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You guys been keeping good. up with the news? Uh, You've been crunching a bit more in the past couple of days based on <laughs> the uh, topic today. Doing some cramming. Yeah. Yeah. Some cramming. Yeah. Some cramming. And apart from the news, you guys been playing any different... Weird, interesting games? Uh, well, yeah. I've um, been playing Apex Legends with some buddies. Ooh, nice, Chris is on the goodness. Apex. How's yeah. that been? Uh, oh, I'm, I am awful. But <laughs> it was funny. In my first match, I fired one bullet and got one kill. Hell yeah. So, and I saved the scorecard where it was like all-time damage done, 12. Kills, one. one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the ultimate Apex yeah. player. Then you, you, yeah. Yeah, you exactly. do uninstall and you never play it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect. Was, this uh, guy's an assassin. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty proud of that one. And other than that, um, uh, one of my favorite roguelikes, uh, Skull the Hero Slayer, Slayer, dropped a pretty substantial update, so I'm jumping back into that. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about you, Luke? Um, not a not a whole lot different at the moment. Playing a bit of League. I always play a bit of League from time to time when I want to feel sad. You dip into that toxic poison hell hole that is League of Legends, huh? I, I just I log on to until someone calls my mom gay, and then I yeah. <laughs> then you I log on off. until you feel sad, and then your job's done. <laughs> then my job's done. No, I played a bit of uh, today. I played a bit of Metal Hell Singer, um, just for the lulls. Like I was talking to you guys just now. Didn't have a lot going on in work today. Not not a not no, super not, not busy. A, not a busy day. Yeah. So I tried. Uh, I streamed the Xbox to my phone and picked a random game just to play and try it with. And I picked Metal Hell Singer. What do you think? Because I played the demo for that. Yeah, that was an interesting game to pick for streaming because the whole it was actually a really cool experience. So the whole game is based around it's like rhythm based attacks. Mm-hmm. So if you attack on beat, you do more damage. Yep. Stuff like that. It was a cool idea for a game. But I don't know if it's because it detected I was playing on streaming at the start, but it the whole intro to the game got me to sync up my audio and visual cues and program in the latency that I was getting with my game. You and that was a requirement. That I don't know if that's required when you turn on the game normally, but when I started playing the game, it was like, okay, just listen to the audio cues and press the A button on beat. And I did that, and I was like, okay, your latency is um, like two hundred and fifty no, milliseconds. Happens in Crypt of the Necro, uh, Crypt of the Necro right. Dancer as well. Yeah. Like when so I, I first started playing that, I had to do the on beat, and I was just like the whole time, I was like, I really hope I'm not fucking this. Up. Yeah, so yeah I don't me know, too. I don't know if it was just because it was the demo, but I downloaded the demo of. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell Singer. Metal Hell Singer, yeah. Metal Hell Singer. I uh, played it, but it never asked me to sync anything with beats or anything like that. It was cool. I was, gl- yeah. I was glad it did because I you was got playing the, it you got the right. streaming and I had yeah. like mad latency. Um, latency that wouldn't, like the latency was fine. It wouldn't have affected me for a normal game. It's just I happened to pick a rhythm-based game yeah. for the first game I streamed. Uh, so I did a bit of that today. That was fun. Um, I think I probably it's, prefer it. It's an interesting the game. Console. The demo gives you, I think, like three songs, like three levels or at least three mm-hmm. stages of a level. I don't know how, how it works. But it was enjoyable. But I've played, I think, all I want to after okay. the demo. No, you got it. You got yeah, a taste of it. I got a taste of it. And I was yeah. like, this is fun. But I, I couldn't see myself playing the the whole game of it. I don't think. I think it was like, no, this 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 was enough for me. This was enough for me. Um, so we're also recording in the living room kitchen space my apartment today uh-huh. so i can already hear there's a bit of an echo so if you're listening to this there's a bit of an echo i'm sorry but there's literally nothing we can do about it so <laughs> you're just gonna have to roll with it um so i myself uh, and luke you kind of you've been playing a little bit of it too we've dipped our toes into the world of switch sports oh yeah and by switch sports sorry, i mean I switch golf because we haven't played anything else other <laughs> no, than the golf just the just the golf and yeah. i and chris will 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 attest to this i am awful <laughs> i'm just terrible at it you showed some potential at some points, and then the, there was others where it was just that you stroked out. I got an eagle, and then I stroked yeah. out. So yeah, I'm, I stroked I'm, out, just jump going in the water over and over your, again. Your beginner look was nuts. Like you did really well in your first uh, attempt at playing it. I was yeah. the opposite. I did really poorly, 
Um, I think I'd prefer your thing where you get better as opposed to I get did, worse. Yeah. It's, yeah. A good, it's a good way to do it. Um, but yeah, by the most recent session you had, one hole would be atrocious. And then, like you said, the next one you'll get like an eagle. So Yeah, so it's it's a hell of a lot of fun. Even if you're bad at oh, it, yeah, it's, it's a hell great. of a lot of fun. It's it quite is. addictive, actually. I think it might go down to Craig's tonight and play a couple <laughs> more rounds of golf, you know. Um, so yeah, so I guess the news... You know, doing a news episode uh, is something I've always been keen to do. I listen to the game of news a lot. You know, a lot of times when we hear things that are being released, or things that happen, we have to have conversations. And that's kind of where me starting, wanting to start the podcast came from anyway. It was just us shooting the breeze about what was going on in games at the time. Um, but we're not professionals, or are we journalists? So, you know, don't expect expectations, listeners, manager expectations. We're going to do our best here. So what we've done is we've kind of selected a couple of things that came out through January that we enjoy. And when we do the February episode and so on and so forth, it'll be, you know, a couple of things that have been out in the news that we can get behind. Because we don't know everything about every game. And if we were to pick certain headlines, maybe we wouldn't be able to talk about it much at all. So we've taken a small collection. And on this episode of the Gift of Gaming News, um, it goes like this. We got Factorio increasing its price. Stadia is officially dead. We've got the good and the bad of Cyberpunk. 343 Industries steps back from Halo question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Starfield is finally coming out this year. Those are the kind of things that we're we're, we're going to hit up. So, I guess, gentlemen, are you ready to crack into the news? Let's yes. do it. We'll yeah. hit start off with a, a little story from Factorio, a little little old game on on Steam. I don't think it's anything else, Chris. Sure, it's not. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's on Switch now. Okay. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. I think you're right. Well, if you're trying to buy it on Chris, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. There's my segue into the <laughs> article. Okay, here we go. So this is from uh, this is coming from uh, Kotaku uh, by Zach Zweisen. Uh, so critically acclaimed base-building hit Factorio is an odd duck. Since its 2016 Steam release, the game has never gone early on sale. Release. Hmm? 2016 early release. It Full release was 2020. Well, you need to take this, this up with Zach, oh, Chris. Well, you know? yeah, you I'll write him an email okay. to Do, do. Another developer behind Factorio is changing the price of its popular game, but it ain't getting a discount. Instead, the price is jumping up $5 next week. Now, it probably is already $5. I think this is out early, uh, a little bit earlier in 26. January. 26th. 26th. Okay, so we're, we're up to date. Mm. All right, we're up to date. Uh, the devs blamed inflation for the sudden price increase, and interesting, interestingly enough, the general reaction from the community has been mostly positive. So, based on that, I got a question for both you guys who want to hop in. Do you see inflation affecting other games, either old or new, based off of this story? Or is this kind of like a one-of-a-kind, one one-and-done type thing based on this group of developers? Chris? Well, I mean, we've been facing inflation with video games for years. I mean, it wasn't too long ago when uh, the gaming industry just decided that the AAA titles are now 10 bucks more. So here's the thing, but this is post-launch. So I guess that's right. the way to, to expect it. Because, right. you know, games have always gotten more expensive. But to release a game and then increase the price of a game post-launch based yeah. on inflation do you think that's a thing that's entering well, the industry th that's why i'm kind of conflicted because i did think that was kind of weird um just because i thought i'd never seen it before but like the more i think about it is who are we to say like what their game's worth right i'm if they've been putting more effort into it and they feel they could charge more for it and there's a lot of fans out there that think you know they could charge the highest tier of gaming prices and they'd still be satisfied because of the amount of crazy amount of hours that people put into this game. So I don't know. I'm kind of conflicted. And, but at the same time, uh, a good example is Minecraft. It is now like double the price as it was when it released on, or it released its 1.0 version. Really? So it's been going up oh, yeah. over the years. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, Unique to Factorio. Well, actually, in fairness, we're taking Minecraft as an, an example, we have to be fair to that, and that Minecraft has received crazy amounts of DLC and story buffs and updates throughout its lifespan. True. Has Factorio received the same so, kind of attention? Not so much. The, some of the latest updates I did see on the Steam page for Factorio, though, and uh, the one that was kind of like a huge green flag, in my opinion, is they released a patch to open up a modding portal to make it easier for the community to mod their game which i'm always a big fan of yeah when that's huge a company really is cool with that but should a company charge you more to make their game more accessible well the people that to, are making like, those games people. already own the game that's true so that's so, yeah that's uh, yeah. another that's another point about it is that anybody who i'm like it's been out since 2016 so the theory is yeah. anybody who wanted factorio already has factorio yeah so 
That was. And it was interesting actually when it released in 2016, it was actually ten dollars cheaper. Sorry, dollars, euros, ten yeah. of your local currency, uh, cheaper. So it's at thirty-five dollars now. So you're saying it released at twenty dollars when it first twenty? Came out? Yep. Yeah. And then when it went to full release, it went to thirty, which I'm always a big fan of. If you yeah. want to do an early access, that's yeah, yeah. an incomplete game. By all means, do it, but don't expect people to pay full price for an incomplete product. I think oh, that's... and well, that's one of the new stories later on. That's that's, <laughs> a, that's a thing we'll get into, yeah. you know. Not yeah. naming names, cyberpunk. Um, <laughs> but Luke, I mean, like we're in kind of, you know, we're living in a world where part of Europe's at war. There's a cost of living crisis, an energy crisis, uh, inflation. For a while, has been kind of spiraling a little bit. Um, do you think that's that's a cool move by a gaming industry? Would you be would you be okay considering that? So my, I guess my thing about this game is that it's not like recently out and they're you know they've been ramming DLC into it. This game is like seven years old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I d- I personally I don't have any problem with it at all. They're a very small operation. Like they're they started off the company with four people. Me and Chris were talking about a minute ago. There was four of them in the beginning. There's thirty one on the team now. Um. And yeah, look, they're they're continuing to provide quality of life. Uh, to harken back to what you were talking about earlier, like um, with the Minecraft stuff, I got the beta of Minecraft for I think it was a tenner at the time. And the way I saw that was, this is the beta. It's just got out of alpha. Like I see a ton of promise in this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to pay this price when I know it's going to be way more expensive in the future. Similar to in 2016, Factorio came out. It had a $20 price point and the people who believed in the project paid $20 or whatever it was knowing that it was going to turn into this sensation and it would get more expensive over time um no I really like ethically from from all kind of points of view I don't really see a problem with it it's an indie studio they have to look after themselves they have to set their own price points like it's not done the same way AAA like title set at AAA prices are kind of pressed right up against the market value of games yeah so consumers Mm -hmm. if they tomorrow started making AAA games 80 dollars or 80 euro or whatever each time like if one studio did that consumers would revolt and they wouldn't buy it they'd be like oh for the base version of the game 80 dollars way too expensive i'm not doing it so there is kind of a dialogue with AAA titles between the consumer and between the the company selling the software but with indie games it's kind of a more gray area like the studios have to look after themselves $20, $30 is a bit more expensive for the average indie game in general. But they see a ton of promise in it. Sales for Factoria have historically been fantastic. It's one of the best reviewed games on Steam. It's a quality little game. It was was 97% uh, overwhelmingly positive for all time. Yeah. Until recent, it dropped down to 89 because it got a bit of negative reviews because of the price increase, which, I mean... And Obviously, over, some people are going to be angry about anything that changes. Yeah, so. that's over six years. Like, it's a phenomenally successful game. And if the studio decides, like, uh, on the other hand of things, like, I already own a copy of Factorio. Like, I've owned yeah, it for years. Go, you're set. Yeah, is. so if the if the studio decides that this is something they need to do and the reason they're going to give is inflation, pair it to them. Like, I don't, yeah. that's, yeah. that's fine and by me. I kind of appreciate their approach where they're like, we're bumping up the price a bit. Because inflation, we're a much bigger operation now. So clearly we have yeah. more people we have Overheads to pay. Overheads are bigger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. salaries to fulfill. And like. they didn't try to pull the wool over our eyes. Like nope. many other AAA studios will release a new like quote unquote remastered version where like the textures are updated and then charge you the full like 60 bucks for it. And it's the same game with barely any extra effort put into it. And I was, that seems more criminal to me. I think I think that's what I like about this whole story is this feels very honest. This feels very yeah, transparent. They, they have been very transparent. Like So I think the, the article also goes on to talk about how in the beginning they came out and said themselves very early on that this game won't go on sale. <laughs> that they're like, you know, if you wanna if you wanna buy the game, you buy it at the price that we're doing it. We're not here for the people who wanna hop on a year later when it's fifteen percent off. Like yeah. you want our game, you want it for what it is, this is what it is, this is what it costs. And like that in seven years they've never put it on sale. So You know what's funny about that is it's been on in my wish list for years because I I just put a lot of games on my wish <laughs> yeah, list yeah, and I'll get a notification like it's now on, when they sale. Go on sale. And yeah. that's when I realized there's like shit, this game hasn't ever been on sale now. Yeah. 
I'm the asshole. I'm going to have to pay more for it. <laughs> yeah. No. You waited too long, Chris. Yeah. You know, your window of opportunity like, yeah, is closed. They got me. <laughs> they got me. It's a great little game. <laughs> so really I guess is. going on that, like, because you, you're talking about indie, there's small studios. Yeah. Like, we don't know. And like I said, this, is a, this could be very much a one-and-done story based on their particular situation. Like, you know, AAA studios probably have way more kind of backing funding, whatever it might be, to be able to manage the... You know the inflation, you know things that happen with it, the cost of living crisis, etc. But if you were to get a AAA game, you know, put it to you and say, "Hey, Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West has come out," um, you know, in February, and I guess to put it in perspective, a couple of years later, it 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 comes, you know, it's, it's still out, but it, they've popped another tenner on top of it. So instead of seventy quid for Forbidden West, you're now paying eighty based on inflation. Yeah. Does that does that rub you the wrong way? Uh, a little bit to be perfectly yeah. honest yeah. just based on because i did a kind of a deep dive into the steam reviews and i've always been a big advocate for the price of a game should be more tied towards not so much the quality or the effort i shouldn't say the effort that went into it because usually the good games always have a great amount of effort but the um not so much the graphical quality and all that but the amount of time you get enjoying it and going through all the Steam reviews, there were some people there with like 3,600 hours in Factorio. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah, this right. guy has no problem paying like 100 bucks for the game because obviously, like, yeah. he and definitely made his money worth. That's um, Kotaku um, article as well, also has a couple of like um, quotes from people commenting kind of like on online threads and stuff about it. And like, some of the fans were actually wishing that they would bring out DLC that they have to pay for because they're like, we love this game, we'll pay top level dlc prices for this stuff because we we love it so i guess they've built up a good enough um you know relationship with their fans that i think they probably knew it was a safe bet because like the article says it's been mostly positive reactions to them doing this but the company has also dropped uh an easily accessible modding portal for the game so that usually a telltale sign that they're done adding any content and they're just like you guys you guys you guys do it now yeah yeah, and it's good. It probably future proofs them as well. Like that's yep. probably a price point yep. that'll look at Stardew Valley. It's still like crazily, like infinitely playable because of the amount of odd or mods that are out there. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we'll see Factorio's price go up again for maybe another like five years or something. Like I think. And by then, if if people are still in the market to buy, because I mean, listen, I'm sure people get great enjoyment. I've seen the screenshots uh, over the game. It doesn't look like it's my cup of tea <laughs> whatsoever. It doesn't look. <laughs> but if great, people are still interested in buying that another five years from now, like more power to you guys, you know, if, if, if there's still a market for it. But we're going to our second story of the day, one that's very close to my heart. Ladies and gentlemen, in January, January 18th officially, we had the death of Google Stadia. A 20 second silence, please. 20 seconds I well know. i thought a minute people might like that's stop longer tuning than in. it was out for <laughs> <laughs> so this this <laughs> thanks i appreciate it yeah. <laughs> no problem <laughs> so this is coming from um google themselves back and said this is their announcement back in september 2022 and um, and uh it's a statement by phil harrison who was the general manager of stadia at the time and it goes a few years ago we Um, launched a consumer gaming service, Stadia. And while Stadia's approach to streaming games for consumers was built on a strong technological foundation, it hasn't gained the traction rate users that we expected. So we've made the difficult decision to begin winding down our Stadia streaming service. The underlying technology platform that powers Stadia has been proven at scale and transcends gaming. We see clear opportunities to apply this technology across other parts of Google, like YouTube, Google Play, and our augmented reality efforts, as well as make it available to our industry partners, which aligns with where we see the future of gaming headed. We remain deeply committed to gaming, and we will continue to invest in new tools, technologies, and platforms that power the success of developers, industry partners, crowd, customers, and creators. We're grateful to all the dedicated Stadia players that have been with us from the start. That was me. I was a founder. I went in there. Terrible idea. Founder that got it after the people who went to the store day one and bought it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will be refunding all Stadia hardware purchases made through the Google Store and all game and add-on content purchases made through the Stadia Store as well. Players will continue to have access to the games library and play through Jan- until January 18, 2023, so they can complete final play sessions. Are you guys surprised that Stadia didn't make it? Um, I mean, Google has a bit of a track record with coming out with new like innovative ideas that and then abandon seem, them exactly and they yeah. almost seem like they were just proof of concepts from the beginning they just wanted a kind of excuse to do some r&d in a different field 
but uh even though those yeah those projects end up having like their own ceos that are really yeah. passionate about the vision it's like they're playing with people's lives yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, there, there was issues with like some of the executives chosen for the stadia um right from the get-go like one guy came out on stage and he's like listen i'm gonna level with you guys i've i've never played any video games i have no interest oh in. yeah like, oh yeah guy. good yeah. thing you're good head of this well they, not head of the company i don't know like, who she up. was head of but she was head of a big game and studio and they brought her in as the you know to lead the team in google stadia and write good games for google studios because they were open they were hoping to open up another studio and i think she left before two years in the role um which was a sign i guess that it, they just weren't as committed to the idea of them making their own games as a guy who played stadia like the concept was amazing it's just the lineup was awful like i bought three games in my time with stadia uh cyberpunk 2077 which was amazing while i could play it because Wait. that was oh sorry maybe i'm misunderstanding something you, you buy games through stadia i thought it was like a yeah. subscription service. so there is a subscription no? service but you can buy games and, and own them Permanently. Oh, okay. Yeah, so oh, I bought okay. three. Yeah, yeah. But there is the There's subscription. subscription. Where, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I bought um, Cyberpunk 2077, and that was amazing because I was playing that on Stadia when people were playing it on PlayStation 4 and, you know, whatever. It was it on Xbox, and it was it was unplayable. It was bugging out and crashing people's systems. But I was there on Stadia being like, yo, I got the best tech, and I'm going to play <laughs> this game. It's so great. So that was, that was cool to be able to experience that side of it. And then Baldur's Gate 3 was another game I bought. That was, like, forever on Stadia. That was in its beta do you know what I mean like yeah. early access but that that one was a mess across the board wasn't well it, it like had it, it had its problems but i listen it, if if i had a pc that i could play like i could play it on i'd be right there mm-hmm. pre but no, it, i'm pretty sure like the the early access or the beta or whatever they called it was pretty messy on pc well it, it, like i mean there was definitely it had bugs and stuff like that but yeah. i loved it like playing that game seeing the potential i was like this game could be like as a as a D dungeons and dragons mm. player uh lover of it i was like this is the perfect game for D fans no doubt about it so and perfect yeah. for um something that's uh streamed yeah, because latency drops wouldn't really affect you. As no, in a game like that, and then I and then I also had, and this is this is where so this is where my issue with the lineup begins because there was those two games. I mean, I had it for a couple of years, and I only ever bought three games for it mm-hmm. because Cyberpunk and and Baldur's Gate were the only two that interested me based on what I could get out of them on that platform. Baldur's Gate wasn't available anywhere else. Cyberpunk wasn't playable anywhere else. Then I bought Final Fantasy, uh, fifteen. 15, am I saying that right? Yeah. The one with the boys riding the car. Yeah, yeah, 15, yeah. The road trip. The road tripping game, yeah. And like that game when I got it on Stadia was already like three or four years old. I was just desperate to buy a game to play on Stadia. And I was like, well, this is the only thing that's there. Like literally looking through the library, it had nothing. You bought Final Fantasy 15 because you but it was, to buy it was, something. What was nice about it, it was the Royal Edition. And I have to say that experience of playing Final Fantasy 15 was amazing because there yeah. I was playing on the TV and I was like, oh, oh, I have a big stretch. I feel like lying on my bed with my laptop. And then I would just take the controller, open up my laptop, type in the, the Stadia number code thing on my controller and it would just come up on my laptop and I'd continue from where I was. Wild. Absolutely wild. wild. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Crazy wild. The, but the problem was it wasn't perfect. Like there were still lag issues, still latency yeah. issues, which really affected the gameplay for something like Final Fantasy 15 and the battles and everything like that. It was painful sometimes. But playing it like that, and even had a little attachment for the controller that I could stick my phone on yep. to the top no, of it and nice. then playing uh, games. But a mobile phone screen is way too small for me to play video games. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I can't enjoy them at all. But the concept was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think with that technology, this is another part that I love about the article, which I think is quite outstanding for for Google to do. Not only do they refund me all my money, and by the way, I still have... the games you bought? So the three games I bought, the only thing I didn't get refunded for was, I think I had, when I checked out my um, Google Play receipts, I think I'd paid for three months worth of the subscription service during the period of time that I had it. I think I kept going back in to check out games and to try and play new games. Mm. So they didn't refund me that. But I got the money back for the controller, like the Founders Edition controller. I got the money back for all three games, and I got the money back for a Chromecast Ultra, which I still have plugged into my TV right now. It's a free. Chromecast you still have Ultra. the controller too. I still have the controller. Yeah, Is saw, it Bluetooth or wireless? So like, here's can you the thing. Use it on. Yeah, yeah. I, so you can use it on other games, but what's quite neat about it, and, and this is what I mean, fair use to Google, because they just could have closed it down and forgot about it. But they just brought out uh, an update. So you can go onto the Stadia website, which is pretty much closing down, and say, hey, we want you to be able to use your Stadia controller wherever you want. So please plug it in and do this update to make it fully Bluetooth compatible. Oh, you do that, right? You did that. I'm about to. I, I yeah, still have okay. it. So it's, it's not closed yet. I still have time, so I haven't done it yet. This is a bad-looking controller. It's I've never lovely. held one, but it looked like but it would here, be pretty But here, why don't you hold one? Oh, okay. 
I have it right here. All right. Chris about to get his hands on the Google mm-hmm. Stadia cutting edge technology. And it's the Founders Edition controller too. Nice. Feels okay, Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty comfortable. It feels oh, it's a bit loose on the analog stick. I like that D-pad. Would be great for fighting games. I yeah. think. Yeah. So like the fact that they had oh, all of this good. technology and they were like, you know, we didn't do it, we didn't make it. So here's all your money back. But the concept's great, and the fact that they have said that they'll leave the tech out there for their industry. Excuse me, not rivals, but their industry competitors, whatever, to use as well going forward because they believe in it. Mm-hmm. It's quite an outstanding move from such a big corporation that never really had to do any of that. Yeah, I like I like that idea. I wonder how they're actually going to go about that is the only thing I'm thinking. Like, do Google hold on? Like, if Google have patented any technology around that, they should probably still hold on to the patents and well, just re- let, like make them open No, I, I think I saw something like that in one of the... Uh, articles i read or no it was probably like a vlog i was watching but something about um their partnerships because they were working with other companies and those companies had to get their games working through the stadia and so like they had access to what was going on so i think it like the it sounds like the that sharing. tech is yeah. out there. It sounds like the sharing, and it's because you know, like the, one of the things that they showed. I remember when they announced Stadia, which is such a pity that it never worked. But, like that was another problem that I had with it because they had all these things that you could do on Stadia that they never released, that never came out. One mm-hmm. of them was they showed the the concept of um, someone on YouTube and watching a trailer for Assassin's Creed Odyssey on YouTube, and they could click into that, download the game immediately, and drop right into playing it. Oh, YouTube would have the integrations That'd for anything sick. Google. So yeah. there was all these, like, I mean, the content of it was yeah. fantastic. I, like, you know, everybody laughed at me for getting so involved <laughs> with Stadia. And they've been proved correct because it's dead. Um, <laughs> but I fell in love with this idea of, like, wow, this is the new way to play games. It's just a pity that they never had any games to go with it. Their library was awful the entire time. There was, there was nothing on that library the entire time I had Stadia that ever excited me. Like, I bought Final Fantasy XV, a game I already owned. Four years later, <laughs> like that's that's how bad it was. Chris. Yeah, I definitely think they should have came uh, to the plate with a bit more, like something tucked under, either like a, an original IP or something already cocked yeah. and loaded, ready to go. Because right? I think their big announcement was they had a couple of Assassin's Creed games. They had a good relationship or a good deal with Ubisoft at the time uh, to bring out Destiny a couple. Destiny was one of them, wasn't it? Destiny, Destiny was 2? there on release. Yeah, Destiny yeah. Two was there on release, but it was a game like unfortunately it's a game that doesn't doesn't appeal to me, so I never got involved. But yeah, they had. Um, I think their big their big selling point at the time was like, yeah, you can play Odyssey and Origins and stuff like that right on day one. But again, old games. Well, not Odyssey was quite new when Stadia was coming out, but like, you know, nothing nothing fancy. So yeah, I guess going on that because Luke, you're Mr. Game Xbox Games Pass. You're looking at streaming mm-hmm. yourself. You were streaming a game earlier on today. Yeah. Do you believe, based on the failure of Stadia, that the cloud technology, as it's intended by gaming developers, is there for the taking? Do you think that is that in the future for us? Um, yeah, I think it has a place in gaming in the future. You know, when I think it was probably a year or two ago when everyone was speculating about the next gen Xbox coming out, the Series X and the Series S, a big part of that vision, like the really exciting idea of how that would work, would be that it's the idea that anyone could get an Xbox, uh, an Xbox One Series S, which is the cheaper, cheaper version model, of the. Yeah of the console that it wouldn't need to have a massive hard drive it wouldn't need to have a disc drive and for that reason it would be like price point is like close to 300 quid like 250 300 quid you could get one you could get game pass ultimate on day one so you have the full library of games game pass ultimate includes um microsoft streaming service so the kind of utopian vision that was pitched back then which i was totally in love with was you could pay 250 quid plus a 13 euro a month subscription and from day one if you had a if you had a good internet connection that's always going to be required Mm -hmm. you could just stream those games straight away to the console no downloading no waiting just play a game straight away really low price point for a next-gen gaming experience I think that's beautiful, and I, it's something I'd love to see. I don't know where it's going to sit. because. So my thing about that is, my question is, is it, is it going to work? Because you said you were playing um, Mel Helsing, Mel yeah. Helsing and had to, had to deal with latency. And we're at 2023, and you know the streaming service on Xbox is, has existed for a little while now. That was a massive problem I had with Stadia. I think I maybe had a handful of clean playing sessions where I didn't suffer lag or major latency from the controller to my laptop or whatever yep. else based on... And we live in Ireland, and we have 
amazing internet here. Yeah. Like amazing internet. And, you know, when you talk about streaming, you're talking about if you're streaming it in 1080p, how much data is that? If you're in the States, that's a that's going to cost you a fortune. Like, it, can, can cloud gaming exist as intended based on our on our current restrictions? Do you think we'll be able to break those restrictions and actually have cloud gaming? Yeah, I, so <laughs> I do think so. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I do think so because it's it, like a lot of the... A lot of the throttling that happens through like ISPs and stuff like that is their kind of lines that they draw themselves to fix markets. Like bandwidth doesn't have to be as narrow as it is. Like we could have way faster internet connections if like I'm going to sound like tinfoil hat here, but if a lot of the ISPs weren't in cahoots trying to keep the price as like so so that they could stay as profitable as they can then internet should be way faster than it is. That's always been the case. Like gigabit should have happened like like 10 years ago. That's always been the case. The infrastructure has been there for 10 years. Like we've had the fiber optic cable stuff in Ireland for for that long. Um, so it's it's kind of the, the battlefronts are actually kind of happening with the ISPs and keeping the market competitive there. I think the technology is sound. I think it has a place. It's just, I think it's more a case of when. Chris? So thinking about this, I had my own uh, tinfoil hat moment. Oh, yeah. And it has to do with both your last little uh, topics you were touching on there. But I kind of think Google might have even been like muscled out a bit because you're talking about like the lower price point for the hardware to like get in. Yeah. If streaming technology like through the stadia actually became a hit and like it was realistic, that price point, that hardware, that like blocker for a lot of people would be entirely gone. There would be no more buying new consoles or upgrading your graphics card. Yeah. Because Google's handling all that for all you. The, all their services. You would just have to pay for the subscription. Mm-hmm. And that would kind of screw over the other gaming companies. So do you not think, uh, do you not think uh, Google was welcome? I don't think so, no. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no one, like none of the other companies wanted to see a new player enter the, enter yeah. the game, right? That's but, a no, uh, nobody's at interest. The, <laughs> at the same time, like nobody muscles out Google. Like yeah, I just can't yeah. see that being a thing. I could see I could see the the lines being drawn there in that, you know, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, like all the big players kind of talked to their first party guys, even their second party guys who they had these something deals like with, that, yeah. And we're like, Look, we don't like you getting into the stadia thing. <laughs> we it doesn't make us happy. Yeah. Let maybe think twice before you go down that route and that's why Google couldn't get the licenses, they couldn't get the developers, they couldn't get the games. I believe it. Welcome to the Gifted Gaming Conspiracy Theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, for those of you who did... good... Uh, we should do that week. Or <laughs> conspiracy <monthly>. Corner. <laughs> the greatest gaming conspiracies. Yeah, I like that one. I'll, I'll note that one down for later. Okay, so that's... I mean, we'll move on from Stadia. Um, it's a pity uh, that it didn't get more of a shout. I think I, it was there just apart from the games. But, yeah. So, rest in peace, uh, Stadia. Thanks for the controller and the Chromecast Ultra Google. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet controller. Yeah. Uh, so move on to Cyberpunk. So Cyberpunk's had an interesting month. It's it's gotten some good news and some bad news. I'll read you. There's got two articles here. One about the good news. One about the bad news, and we we'll go from there. But the good news comes from Den of Geek, uh, written by Aaron Greenbaum, and it states Valve recently revealed the winners of the 2022 Steam Awards, which allowed fans to vote for and celebrate the cream of last Labor year's gaming of crop. Love. Yes, this year's winner winners included Elden Ring grabbing yet another Game of the Year award and Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate winning Best Soundtrack. Absolutely right. Many gamers can agree on most of the nominees and winners, but one Steam Awards title has once again divided the internet, Cyberpunk 2077. That controversial 2020 game won the Labor of Love Award, which raises the important question of whether it's actually time to forgive CD Projekt Red for releasing that game in such a starry state. For those unaware, the Labor of Love Award is described as follows. This game has been out for a while. The team is well past the debut of their creative baby, but being the good parents they are, the devs continue to nurture and support their creation. This game, to this day, is still getting new content after all these years. So that's the good news, but let's just mix this because they do, that touches on, you know, Aaron touches on the the controversial 2020 release, right? And they're still suffering from that, right? So as (laughs) as of this month, this comes from Games Hub from Leah J. Williams. A lawsuit filed against CD Projekt Red by disgruntled investors in 2022, spurned by the rocky launch of Cyberpunk 2077, has been settled with a significant payment of 1.85 million US dollars in damages. The class action lawsuit filed in Manhattan on behalf of company investors alleged CD Projekt Red knowingly released a virtually unplayable game. That's in quotes. 
riddled with bugs which forced several stores to delist the title and offer refunds to players. This was alleged to have damaged the reputation of the company and caused financial harm to investors who believed in CD Projekt Red's work. So, can a game... I'm sure some of those investors were responsible for the early push to begin with. Well, there was a lot of talk that there was like the suits pushing the game's release. But regardless of that, do you think a game with such a, a horrible release should be allowed to win something like the label. Absolutely. Uh, no Man's Sky did it a couple of years ago. But so so that was a train wreck release too. But my question is like it's a train wreck release but like that shouldn't I mean my view of that should be that that shouldn't be okay. Like games shouldn't be developers shouldn't be allowed I mean they've had to pay 1.85 million dollars for releasing a game that was and quotes virtually unplayable. And you know a couple of us here had a go but my PS4 crashed. I had to turn to Stadia play that game you know <laughs> yeah. so in fairness like i never had an issue with it because i didn't buy it until uh sometime within the last year when it was 60 percent off on yep, steam same. and it was completely playable i think it was always playable actually on pc i'm not really so it, so sure. it, it, it had its like even on state i had those moments where there was like bugs in the game but never game breaking bu- mm-hmm. bugs and it ran reasonably well and mm-hmm. um, but yeah still still completely unfinished like it had patches even on the the the, the pc for a long time and um, so i'm gonna let you guys th- here's here's your discuss should games be allowed like a labor of love is a pretty oh don't we love cd project red for putting so much effort into this game it's like you wouldn't have had to do that if you release the game well. So do you think games like that, I'm going to let you guys discuss because I need to go take a tinkle, but um, do you think that games should be allowed, not say allowed to win these awards, do you think they should ever be in the conversation for awards like these when they've done the their consumers, their fans, such a disservice in the first place? Discuss. All right, Chris, you, you kick it off. I think we might be on the same page here. But I, I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, everyone loves a good redemption arc. And True. like it also shows that like they came forward, they uh, released uh, refunds on PlayStation, which I think is has never been done before. Yeah, yeah they, so yeah. they put in the effort to like try to fix their mistake, and then they continued to put work into the game. It, it is a shame that they released it in the state uh, it was in, but part of me thinks that that wasn't entirely their intention or their fault. But yeah. yeah, I think they still deserve a second chance. I think so too. I think that when I hear that they won the Labor of Love Award, to me that sounds like a, a really lovely nod to all the fucking developers and all the people like in the trenches of that game fighting yeah. to get oh it like God, as yeah. good as possible. Like that can't be a pretty you job. You know there's some intern putting in like 20 hour days. Like, fucking, I thought video game, I thought I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I was going to be at the top. <laughs> and and the reality is so different. Um, and I know they're, they're like their jobs and they're getting paid, you know, per their contract and all this kind of stuff. But it is, it's lovely. It's, it's uh, like yourself, I bought it. Um, I think I bought it when I just got back from Tokyo, which was kind of mid-November, so really not that long ago, like two, about two months ago now, and I have had the greatest time with it. It is a fantastic game. A, I've enjoyed it so much. It's a much. fun game. It, it's yeah. a bit overwhelming on the, the, the content. I just, There's so much. Yeah, so yeah. much. And I really wish we, I just want a universe like this where it, it's multiplayer, but we still oh. keep not getting these multiplayer games and this will come up again over right. the course of these news articles yeah. but uh and the other thing is like think of another game recent release complete train wreck do you think game freak is ever going to fucking touch that game again they released <laughs> like one patch and they're done with it i know yeah. they have to be done with it yeah yeah i guess game freak and not to say they've got a i mean we 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 wreck them enough on our yeah, Pokemon I know, episode. I know, but it, they don't, it's they don't recent get a, news. <laughs> they get a, a get out of jail free card because that's what they've always done in a sense, or what they've been doing for the last couple of years. Which again, I don't, I don't agree with at all. But that being said, I think there's a certain expectation about Pokemon, and there's a certain expectation about something like Cyberpunk 2077, which was out there in in the ether for years before its release, and there was so much hype and so many promises made about it yeah. that that the Game Freak weren't making any promises about Scarlet and Violet. You know, they I think they knew what they had, but it's that thing where, like, to put it in perspective, came out on PS4. PS4, as a rule, if you buy a game. And you click the download button, you can never return that digitally. I mean, yep. you know, on their store. That's crazy. Yeah, you can't do it, right? So there's, there's you know, once once you hit the download button, that's it. No receipt. You know, there's no after so many days. They actually had to backpedal that entire service in order to give people their money back for Cyberpunk. Like I had to go and email them and get the whole refund done and everything like that. 
like and then PlayStation. I do like it. Like Steam, you play if you play a game for under like two hours. Yeah, you can auto refund. You can beat the entire game in two hours. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of people. Which try. is which <laughs> is you know, and I just don't do that because yeah. dick move. <laughs> yeah, ex- but that, that that too. But also in situations like that, I think you know if something's broken or, or or not fixed. But again, that's what I mean. PlayStation, I think, have that policy because the general rule is no developer should be releasing a game that is broken. Well, you know? it, uh, uh, it also does come down a little bit. To, so wh- whenever I think about this whole situation, my mind just reels because I want to know, and like so many people, I want to know whose fault this was. Like, so the rumor, Emil, when it was happening, when it first came in, it was so awful, was that because of when it was re- where it was being released in the year, it was really important for the big wigs in the suits to say, you need to release it now so it falls under this financial year so we look great and it's good for the investors, good for the stock or whatever else. So it was pushed. I think there was like semi-leaks from employees that said this was beyond us we were forced to to throw it out at this date and that's how it backfired but so they would i don't think they would have like they could have pushed the studio could have resisted that's one side of it i think as well they're, i they're, don't think like a publicly traded company can resist that much against yeah. investors right i don't know if i guess i mean that, that's a question if anybody out there knows that like email us at the gift of game of podcast at gmail.com and tell plug. us can you always the plug chris <laughs> always, always the plug, the plug. <laughs> uh, i don't think they're publicly traded or anything i just think they're a private company that have like stakeholders and the stakeholders will want you know a return on their investment that's all understandable but they're only going to want a reasonable return on their investment they're not going to want them to drop the ball i have to imagine that there was someone someone inside cd project red that wasn't strong enough in setting the boundaries and wasn't clear enough in communicating exactly where the game was at i think there was i think there had to have been a fatal flaw within the company yeah for that maybe. to ever happen i just uh, I, and it's not like i don't want to find out whose fault it was so i can light my yeah, torch yeah. and pitchfork and like go, go after get them fellas i'm just so curious because it was such a flub and like i was saying to chris a second ago it's such a great game now like it's so lovely to play i enjoy it so much it's one so of you guys would be both on the same page that in the case where a game is released i mean broken essentially broken mm-hmm. you you're you you believe that like like that you said chris like the redemption yep you, you think any any game should be in line to be yep. like yo we can give you the labor love and i think yep. there should be like like systems in place to look after consumers if they have been if they want their money back like i think that's a bit of a silly policy for playstation sony to have well no but see this is this is where i would i mean listen i i would prefer from a consumer that i could return a game in case i bought a game and i didn't like it do you know what i mean i'd like to be able to do that but i think what playstation's understanding is is like we'll give you a refund for a broken game but they don't exist so we're not even going to bother putting yeah, that in exactly. the policy because that shouldn't happen like that shouldn't be a question that uh, uh, playstation should ever have to answer for but they were flooded with demands to get this game refunded so they had to like completely change tack like you know they put out like you know uh, on forums they put out onto you know online to their announcements to say this is how you get in contact with us this is open for the next two weeks return it and then they delisted cyberpunk from their store yeah. for months and like because it's essentially cd project red made playstation have to do all this work because they brought out a completely unfinished game. Well, that's on PlayStation. Like, you shouldn't remove the option of refunds there. And it doesn't even... It even comes down to, like, um, not even a broken game. Like, the game doesn't have to be broken. All it has to do is have some sort of false advertising. Like, this is the kind of, like... You want to play this side-scroller, and you download it, and it's actually, like, a 3D platformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, obviously, that's an extreme case, and you catch that just by watching a video. Yeah. But, like... Promises like this are made often by game companies, and they don't deliver on oh, them. Yeah. And I think those definitely qualify for a refund because this was, that was literally false advertising. Perfect example is yeah. No Man's Sky again. Yeah, they promised oh, a lot been, of stuff, and they didn't so cash in on it initially. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Callisto Protocol is going through that now because oh, they promised a lot of stuff <laughs> that they didn't really, the game yeah. didn't really pan out to be. Again, it's just like it's another alarm bell for like so. Sony have this system in place clearly because they believe that their vetting system is so bulletproof that a a broken game can't end up on their store but it did and that's like another (laughs) alarm bell for me that like what went wrong here like who was communicating poorly like who was the i'm just so curious it's just curiosity now and the switch is just as bad you can't get anything done through nintendo either i've bought broken games on the switch store from like indie developers you make it to like this one boss just complete crash and you can't go any further yeah, and there's exactly. no recourse. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of messed up. We So yeah, we kind of, mine and Chris's conclusion was that it should be open to the Labour of Love Award. Like the way I framed it was, it's lo- like it felt like a lovely nod to 
like their reputation is, was destroyed by this game pretty much mm-hmm. all the people still working at cd project red still have a job they have to go to every day they're pouring all of this effort into making the game and it's a again it's a fantastic game and they're putting so much effort into making yeah. it that i think that's a lovely nod to them but do you would you disagree um see it's because i was a sucker and bought it on release and didn't wait for reviews or anything like that i was burnt by this like burnt badly by this and it's one of those things whereby and cd project red i had you know it's the witcher games do you know what i mean i've a massive love for had a massive love for cd project red but it's such a, a breach of trust because they're releasing all these things and like they released like cinematics and even like you know like demos whatever else that weren't didn't exist in the game do you know what i mean it was pure false advertisement and at, and at some point you know you're as big as you are you know you made a great game the witcher but you know, let's say but you're as big as you are because there's people who are backing you the whole way the consumers the fans are backing you the whole way and it's such a stab in the back and it's not that it was cheap like cyberpunk was 60 70 quid do you know what I mean like i'm very privileged in that i can go off and, and buy a game if i want one fairly handy i don't have to think too much about it i'm very privileged like that but there's a lot of people who aren't like aren't like that and they might have to you know scrimp and save and put together and they buy this game being told everything by CD Projekt Red about what it's going to be, and it's completely false. And to me, as a consumer, I just I vehemently disagree with that being allowed. Any any studio even daring to take that that point. It's like if you got to delay the game, you delay the game. That's on you. That's not on us. If you've had issues with development, fine. I'm not going to complain about that. Like this stuff happens. Don't dare sell me something that is is broken. Like it's broken. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. I paid a lot of money for that. You know. I want to tie this back into the first topic we covered. Factorio. Yeah. So what if they knew the game was broken? They still wanted to get it out. They just came clean. They said, hey, guys, this is a super broken game. So you know what? It's only going to cost you 30 bucks." And then over the course of time, they eventually fixed it, and it was a perfectly working game, everything yeah. they promised. And they were like, guess what, guys? Now it's 70 again. Yeah. Cause, and, uh, no, yeah. and absolutely right. So one of the things Would I actually had written... Right? One of the things I had written down here was like, you know, for me, I was like, if you had to release that as an alpha or beta, and said to me, this is early, you know, this is early access or whatever else, it would have been fine. You're, you're working through bugs. This is why the game is buggy. So, yeah, I like I think if they had a sold it like, like you're saying there and said, this is, this is how it is, I'd be totally okay. Wouldn't hurt me at all because they're being completely transparent. But and they what like, if they doubled the price once they fixed Yeah, yeah, the because, because yeah. Now, now it's the game that it's meant to be or whatever else, and fine, mm-hmm. no problems with that whatsoever. But it's the fact that they, they legitimately lied to the consumer yeah. and so said, pay 70 quid for this. So that solution works for everyone except the investors. Like the investors signed up to for a triple-A $70 game to come out, yeah. make loads of money. And well, that's they wanted some sort of return at that very moment. Like, look how this approach worked for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? exactly. So, yeah. It's, and, it's, and I guess the, that's where you, the difference between, let's say, the developers or the people, like, leaving the developers team who might be in contact with the, the investors or the board or the suits or whatever, there's probably a massive disconnect in, like, they probably don't understand that the game is that broken when they're yeah. making these demands. So, there's, like, listen, there's whole lots, and, and it's not that I'm angry at any individual at CD Projekt Red, nothing like that. It's just that it was so inherently wrong that I don't think they're in line to be able to win something like a labor of love. I mean, in, in its definition, this game has been out for a while. The team is well past the debut of their creative baby. But being the good parents they are, the devs continue to nurture and support their creation. They threw that baby into a, like, you know, kitchen fire at the very beginning. Like, there's no there's no love there at the, at the beginning. All that work that you put into, you just threw it away right from day They're one. And that's where I've got it. Child. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what they were dealing <laughs> with at the it. beginning. It was such a mess. So, for me, I would say a hard no. I'm not saying it shouldn't be out there for rewards, but I can see, like they said, the people were quite disappointed that the Labor of Love award was given to something like Cyberpunk because if that was a true Labor of Love, it never would have come out the way it did. I've got a quick follow-up question to yeah. this because it's been in recent news with the Game Awards happening in December. Uh, they had the trailer for the new DLC, DLC. Yeah. coming out soon-ish. I'm not actually sure. Uh, the this year, and it has one of the highest price points of DLC. To right, so, so that's what I was thinking. So the way I approach all these AAA games is I never buy them day one. Like, just never. Because they, they never work. No, even enough. even the ones that do work, they never Steam work too day good. one. Yeah. Gable saved me. <laughs> yeah. Saved me a few bucks at you least. You literally just wait until a Steam sale, <laughs> wait until any kind of sale for a AAA game. That is the only way I buy AAA games anymore. Um, so, so, but yeah. saying that there's a difference between a AAA game coming out and just being a bad game and then a AAA game coming out and it being broken. They're all broken. They're all broken on day one. I've n- I haven't played a working AAA game on day one in 10 years. Or the servers don't work. Or the you servers. You can't like, get online. There's a fatal flaw that they haven't tested right. across a mass market because that's impossible. 
and, and so they never work. Like it's well, I, I mean, I've, I don't I've believe I, I played God, God of War. They they released no issues. Played yeah. Horizon Forbidden West. They they won no issues. That's grand. I've just been bitten so many times that I won't do it anymore. And mm. and it's a safe strategy. And I still, I have my exceptions like the uh, From Software. Just yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, there I'll, are. I'll buy any crap they throw down yeah but i mean what i mean to say is the, there's evidence here that you can actually release a triple a game day one and it works and it works fine and don't get me wrong they'll put updates through it throughout its life cycle i've no issue with that but i can pick up horizon forbidden west you know i took a day off work bought it put it into my playstation played it no crashes no problems no bugs it was amazing it can be done so it should but always also no be new done. engine no like it was all built the same way right it was the yeah, foundation is doesn't matter there. how it's built it, like what i mean to say is it can be done and if you're taking the thing to build on a new engine it's up to you as a responsible developer or studio to say yeah. we yeah. can only well, i mean i'm not arguing this. i'm not saying yeah. people should be releasing I, I don't think that can be like so i i'll, I'll phrase it a, a little differently i haven't played a triple a game in the last 10 years that hasn't had like a 30 gig update on day one because maybe i don't find the way that it's broken but it is broken in some way and it's fucked over someone else and i just don't want to ever be that person so i'm i peace out of that kind of stuff the question that I was getting to here was the so you have Cyberpunk you got it a couple of months ago Do yep. you, have, you you had it on Stadia so you don't have I have it on the PS5 now when I realized right. that Stadia was dying I got uh, it on the PS5 I, I got, got the money back from Google and I used to <laughs> buying on a reasonable console experience. that will have a life cycle yeah, yeah so when that DLC comes out will any of you buy it day one I haven't even finished the, the base game and yeah. no I'll wait for a sale yeah. and I only bought uh, Cyberpunk to because I just built that new PC back in was it February, March, or something? Oh yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. So I used it as a, a benchmark. benchmark yeah. Cyberpunk, sixty percent off. I was like, mm. it's a new great. crisis. Play it on ultra yeah. at like one twenty <laughs> FPS. See, it, it depends for me. I mean, because I was I was following the hype leading up to Cyberpunk for the three or four years prior to it. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I was very excited to actually see it come to fruition, which is why I purchased it. Which is why I bought it on Stadia, even though I was burnt on the PS4, because I knew that there was a way to make it run, which was on PCs or through the streaming service. So I got it. And I'll play it now on the PS5. I'm like kind of playing it bit by bit. Um, and if it grabs me the way I always hoped it would have, I'll consider buying the DLC. But to date, having been playing it, and I haven't finished it. Like I'd say I probably put maybe 25, 30 hours into that game. It hasn't grabbed me the way I hoped it would. If it does, I consider buying the DLC because everything's working fine now. So you have no problem with like, I have no problem with like playing the games now that it's working. I'll only play it now that it is working. But this idea that it can be given a labor of love and you've done so well, it's like you wouldn't have had to if you just gave us the game as per it was sold to, as per it was advertised to us. That's where I'd always kind of... So the, the DLC is all depends on whether or not I enjoy the game, which right now is kind of 50-50, I'd say. Yeah, I'm so definitely going to get the DLC, but I'm like like every other AAA kind of thing, I'm not getting it day one. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to... I can't... Like, I get so excited. It would come out day one. There'll be something wrong with it. Like, there'll be... Mm -hmm. even, even now that they've, like, hopefully learned their lesson from all of this, it will come out day one, and there's going to be something it wrong. It would be such a... It, oh, you just feel like such an idiot happens. it's like yeah. fool me once you know yeah. and the only time i have ever thought fool about breaking a disc for a game was i was living in new zealand and massive fan of the mass effect series and mass effect andromeda came out and i was like here we go right back on that mass <laughs> effect train and i plugged it into i put the disc into my playstation down it sat there so excited it was like yeah here we go here we go this is going to be so good and it it was awful. And it's the only game I've ever considered ejecting the disc and snapping it over my knee. I didn't because I wanted my money back. But that's how close I was. You to were like, so angry. It's just that, that, you know, in terms of what came before. Do you know what I mean? There's a recipe yeah. for a great game. And it's just funny how sometimes they can take directions that just go so, you know. You know Halo? That, uh, well, thanks for the segue, Chris, because here we go. The next story is about Halo. Um so this one is, and we had a funny one about this. This is why I'm, I'm struggling to set up the, the social media for the Gifted Game podcast because I have no idea how to navigate that minefield. Proof of the point was we were having a conversation last night. <laughs> yeah, like you're basing us. these articles off of parody a accounts. A parody account. I was reading parody <laughs> yeah. accounts to get my news. So I have no idea how to navigate it. So I'll go for a report that came out. This came out on the 22nd. So it's since been... I wouldn't say debunked. I don't think it's been fully debunked. But this comes from uh, GameSpot by uh, Darren Bontus. And it says, A new report has claimed that longtime Halo developer 343 Industries is being taken off of active development. He probably the read the same parody Twitter you did. He's like, I'm writing an article. I'm the first guy. <laughs> this guy should know better than me, Chris. I have no idea how many of that works. Um, and it says, It's been taken off active development of the franchise and that new games in the series will be created by third-party studios. According to Halo Leaker, this guy's name is Greg, by the way according to halo leaker bathrobe spartan 
It was a solid track record, <laughs> solid track record leaking Halo inside information. And uh, his leak was tra uh, translated by Metro. I think he originally came out in French. Uh, Microsoft's mass layoffs have hit 343 Industries hard and will see up to a third of its workforce laid off. Um, I mean, that's all true. Yeah, that's all true so far. So I guess the thought process was like, well, what are they going to do with Halo if they're being hit so hard? So 343 Industries will then take on a parental role for Halo, overseeing new games and content while working on maintaining the games engine. This isn't entirely, this isn't entirely new territory for 343 Industries as it has relied on outside help to develop Halo Infinite's multiplayer content for Season 2. But Bathrobe Spartan claims that the planned story-based DLC has been scrapped due to being considered not cost-effective under 343's stewardship. A follow-up to Halo Infinite is also expected to enter pre-production alongside spin-off titles, with these games reportedly being franchised out to other studios and being developed on more modest budgets. While Halo Infinite had a strong launch, recent months have seen 343 Industries criticized for delayed content rollouts, tedious multiplayer progression, and numerous bugs. So what happened after this was, Chris, you put me on to a legitimate tweet, which I I thought was from the parody account but the legitimate tweet was from 343 industries which stated that look they're still in it you know yeah. don't ignore the rumors we're still in it but what was interesting about that tweet was they never specified if they're 100 still in it like there's th there was no clarity they never came out and said we are 100 behind Taylor. it was like no no we still have a relationship was kind of how the tweet went so it kind of leaves it the what if i could just well, like jump yeah. in on that it, it where it left a bit of room they said they're still 100 percent in it yeah and they're 100 percent behind halo 343 mm -hmm. what they kind of left wiggle room with was is there another developer getting in bed with us to, to like, do get it. the next title yeah. over the line so it's going to be 343 in some capacity uh, for in sure some capacity uh, and the question the big question at the moment in the rumor mill is who's going to help them because they just had a third of their staff actually. i think the other question is like uh, so we're basing this off the official like halo uh twitter yeah but who has ownership over the halo twitter is it microsoft or is it 343 343 three. you sure yeah okay yeah. so my well from my cursory research last night yeah 343 yeah like i said we're not professionals guys That's we're not journalists this is very vague stuff we're doing you know if we're <laughs> yeah, wrong if we're professional journalists journalists we'd be covering the uh the mass layoffs and not like staying in our lane within video games. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine like, yeah, which is also, you know, I, 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 worth pointing out horrible stuff that there is mass layoffs terrible, on Microsoft, terrible. you know, and, and that's always bad news. But Luke, my question to you as the halo player, mm -hmm. because the interesting thing about that report was lots of people before three, four, three industries came out and corrected the rumor and said that we're still involved and we're still doing this. There was kind of like a cheering from the fan base almost because they kind yeah. of wanted someone else maybe to take it forward because of like and this. I get that. I mean, I, I was a big Halo fan in the Bungie days. So here's, okay, my question to both of you then. Do you, either of you believe that a different uh, team coming in to do this would be better for Halo? Has 343 Industries run its course with Halo as best it can? I did a quick look at the Metacritic scores of Halo's gone by and it has been a slow decrease now i say so decrease but halo infinite's got like an 83 or something like that on Metacritic. Yeah. it's not a bad score it was received but well. yeah. considering that halo one or halo 2 was 97 it's been a slow decline on a metacritic at least so luke do you think that there's still a place for uh halo under 343 industries or do you think that it's about someone else should come in and maybe try a fresh new look at halo it depends on how they go about it i guess would be my answer so 343 the cool thing about 343 being behind the halo series is that's that's all they do and there are a lot of heads at that studio who are former Bungie and there are a lot of people at that studio who seem to really care about the game and that's always going to be important but in terms of creative vision in a video game it hasn't always felt like you know we Chris you will as well have your own idea of what Halo is to you and what it felt mm -hmm. like when you played it as a kid or whatever. Last Chief versus the Covenant. Yeah yeah like that's the, yeah. the kind of the there's a feel to what Halo was like and you kind of felt like playing Halo 5 I think Halo 4 was the first one 343 did yeah that's when the, they introduced the Prometheans, the Prometheans yeah I think that's when I robot kind of tucked out and I was people and that was the Halo 4 I actually I enjoyed Halo 4 like it was it wasn't fantastic like it wasn't a perfect story but um they hit the story beats well Halo 5 was just kind of a bit of a bit of a disaster for me I didn't love it hate that there was no couch co-op that was such a sad moment for me yeah um and such a such a, a strange Wait, decision to oh, make we, we have had this argument before, yeah but it, it, it's definitely hill five when they int introduced yeah. their sorry 
not introduced. Deintroduced. Deintroduced. <laughs> yeah, couch couch co-op. yeah, Halo 5. Okay, so I definitely have played Halo 5 because I remember sitting mm. in my buddy's basement with the, on the projector and all of us are just like, okay, this is this Halo. not happening then? Yeah. <laughs> the one where Nathan Fillion came back and he was a Spartan now instead of an Oh, AST. we didn't play the campaign. We just sat yeah. down for, I guess we would have had to. I, don't, I think we gave up and started playing Halo 4 or 3 yeah. or something. Yeah, that's exactly what I did too. Just turn it off. Yeah. So, I mean, does that, I mean, based on that then, is do you think it's mm. time for someone else to come in and, and take it? Because this is the interesting thing, was we talked about this in, our, in when we did the big three of 2023. We talked about how, you know, Halo has such, you know, it's that's that's Xbox as I see it. As an outside viewer, maybe, maybe as a player of Xbox games, you might think that there's a better uh, mascot. But for me, Master Chief's the mascot of, of Xbox. That was the game. And it's kind of just had a slow eking out over time, just slipping out of the out of the club at night, doing an Irish goodbye. Is there is there a place you know? Can it get better? Does it look like it, it could improve at all? I not to poo poo the efforts of three four three over the years because I think in some regards they did a fantastic job. And mm-hmm. um, they proved that a little bit with some of the stuff they did with Halo Infinite. Very cool. Free to play. Great oh, idea. In order, it was almost necessary in order to compete with yeah, yeah, everything to, else to that's out there. To meet the market, the multiplayer yeah. being free to play, and the multiplayer was strong. I still stand by that. I didn't love the campaign in Halo Infinite, but the multiplayer slapped. It was so much fun. It Battle felt, Pass was pretty much uh, the only yeah. shaky thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so 343, they can do it. They're, they're competent enough to do it, but they just they don't often hit it out of the park. I think if a new developer came in, it was a new creative thrust that they had behind it and they were able to put their own splash on the Halo series. I think it could be a really welcome change. Yeah. And and that was like again and that's not I mean, as you said, that's not a disservice to three four three. What they've done is great, but th- there comes a time it's like, you know, when we look at Disney giving the license to EA to do Star Wars games, there comes a time and place where you kinda of say, Okay, this is kinda of getting stale. Yeah. And it's, we need a fresh It's mad because like they're always striving for a blockbuster hit like they're striving to be this like huge unit shipping uh thing all the time and that's a really fucking tough goal to hit yeah um it's a really high standard to to hold them to and like you said like halo infinite is reviewed well like uh, i may not have loved the campaign but a lot of people did and they showed those creative splashes like they took it in a very different direction and like this is 87 on metacritic or 83 whatever it is is not yeah. a bad score it was an open world halo game is like on paper it's it was kind of the halo that i always wanted for next gen consoles but just in execution it wasn't that for me yeah um i think yeah no i think i think give get someone else in there and keep the keep the people at 343 at the helm who really care about the vision if they can collaborate and collaborate is going to be a really well, big word there the head of the helm he he took off didn't he Isn't well he yeah i think well I, I don't i don't know if that was a restructuring because of the layoffs but he left to go to xbox i don't know if i have it here in the, oh that was one of the it was like a step down I think, it was a step really down or he moved to like a different section yeah. of microsoft or xbox so i don't know if that was like a, a, an active decision made by the individual or if that was a forced restructuring given the layoffs so i guess that's one thing i mean hey if you want to do research about it, just make sure you're not hitting up parody Twitter accounts. You might get the real, the real <laughs> can information. I, can I just like mention one of those tweets really quickly? Absolutely. I, I started looking at that parody Twitter account, and it's really good. There was a, a tweet that they threw threw up the other day. Hold on. Uh, it says, "Today at three four three, we've made the difficult decision to restructure parts of our internal team, which unfortunately comes alongside the news of employee layoffs." If you guys would have just bought the damn $20 armor, we wouldn't be here now, would we? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the tone of the whole Twitter. It's yeah. fantastic. Just, yeah, just make sure if you're doing your research, uh, unlike me, make sure you're you're reading the titles of these, these Twitter, these tweeters. Halo, at Halo Ticket 2. That's a parody yeah. account. Okay, so we're, we're kind of, we're, we're bordering on, on time here. So I'm going to fly through the last story, which is Starfield. So we'll do this like a, like a quick one. I've only got like a couple of easy questions about this one. Um, so Starfield, this comes from PC Games by Paul Kelly, just to give you a little overview. Originally, Starfield was supposed to release on November 11, 2022, but in May 2022, Bethesda announced that the space game is now delayed into 2023. The release date was reconfirmed by the official Starfield support page, stating the open world game arrives exclusively on Xbox and PC in the first half of 2023. According to Bethesda, the release date for Starfield will be announced very soon, with a special game event also on the horizon. Starfield Game Pass is also a thing. It will be coming to PC Game Pass as well as Xbox Game Pass for console players, which means you get instant access to the open world game from day one. Luke, you'll enjoy that. Oh, yeah. uh, game Pass subscriptions don't need pre-order, and we imagine that they will be able to preload Starfield and then run up to release at the very least. Pre-install, baby. So, my first question, I mean, was it last year that 
Xbox or Microsoft went in and bought these guys for what was seven billion? I think it might have been two years ago. I two years ago, twenty one. Twenty one, twenty one. They bought Bethesda for for um, seven billion, and I guess it was for maybe moments like these to get these exclusive IPs. Do you think Starfield is going to reignite Xbox's, you know, arrival on the exclusive platform, or do you think that's that's not that's not even what they're what they're bothering to do anymore? Chris. Um, I don't know. I haven't even really thought of that approach. I don't think that's really their goal with this one. Um, yeah, not much to say on that. Yeah, that that's fair. What about you, Luke? That's, that's what Microsoft's going to want for it. If I, if I had to guess, I'd say no. Especially since they're already sharing it with Steam. Like, Steam's getting a day one, too. Right, so, yeah, okay. I mean, it's not really... well. C- Exclusive. Console exclusive, I guess. You know what I mean? Is yeah. kind of is kind of the term or phrase yeah. we should be using because there's very few, even from PlayStation now, there's very few things that are just PlayStation exclusive. I sure. guess the term is yeah, yeah. console exclusive, yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, so I, I watched uh, a lot of interviews and stuff with Todd Howard over the past day Yeah. Uh, just to kind of get caught up in Starfield. And before I started doing any of that, before I started looking into the gameplay and stuff like that, I, it was a huge nothing burger for me, like uh, even as an oh, Xbox person. I think I'm stoked for it. I yeah. think it looks great. It, I'm not getting it day one. I'm waiting for it to go on sale, yeah, of course. Yeah. I It was just, uh, it was kind of, it almost looked like a bit bland or whatever. Like there wasn't so much. It looked like they made space boring is what it looked like to me. Wow. And, and that that's that's a pretty hard feat to achieve. <laughs> yeah. Space is pretty they, exciting. They made it like super real and super boring. But when I actually started to dig down into it and look more at the gameplay and stuff like that, I was like, you know, maybe, maybe this is like, maybe this is a personal sleeper hit for me. Like yeah. maybe I'll turn it on. It's got other elements I didn't even realize. Like it's got no, base yeah. building and stuff too. Yeah, doesn't base it? building. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like hitting a resource. lot of my keynotes, and I was already stoked for it when I just saw the setting. I love space yeah. stuff, so yeah, it seems like good. So yeah, I guess Starfield potentially making a big leap onto announcing, you know, I mean, it'd be a good one. It, you know, if it is a hit, it'd be a, a mm. great uh, achievement for Xbox to go in to purchase, you know, to own Bethesda and then for them to come out with this absolute hitter would yeah. be a great, um, a great win for them. Steam oh. actually just updated their release date, quote unquote, on uh, the store page to coming soon instead of like Q3 oh, or, Q okay. or whatever it would say. Because it said the first half of 2023, yeah. 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 I'd say around summer, I'd guess. I think, so whatever about whether this like is a big savior for Xbox, it could still be. I think it'll be, whatever it is, I think it'll be great by Bethesda. I think they're all, they all seem very proud of the game yeah. there and they've put a lot into it and it's very ambitious. So yeah, I, I really hope, like, like with everything that comes out in games, I hope it's great. Like, yeah. I hope the best. My biggest issue is it's another game I wanted to be multiplayer, but uh, not all. another single player game. Yeah. I don't want to be alone in space. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that. Yeah, the solitary. Because yeah. he does. It has that that aspect that that would be amazing as as like an MMO. Yeah, RPG. Let's all fly around space. Yeah, yeah, potentially. So that's kind of that's it, guys. That's kind of the news that we covered. And uh, you know, for our listeners, if there's any kind of news, big news headline, like listen, th- there were plenty of things we could have talked about. You know, PlayStation VR two announced it's like you know, uh, day one lineup that'll have mm-hmm. on the on the console. Um, Microsoft and the Activision acquisition is still a big thing, but I think you know that's one that's a bit meaty. I didn't want to put this in here with the rest because that's that's something you could get pretty hard into um so yeah if there's if there's think something that you think that we missed that was definitely worth talking about let us know at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com and if you know like that do you agree with factorio increasing its prices should stadia have died does cyberpunk deserve a labor of love award is halo dead with 343 industries and is starfield going to be good let us know at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com chris luke guys thanks a mil for hopping on to our very first news episode um if you guys like news, I like news. I like news about games. I don't like normal news. Normal news is bad news, but gaming news is sometimes fun. Uh, but if you like uh, the the news, you can expect us back here again at the end of February to give you an update of everything that happened in February. Yeah. Guys, well, maybe not everything. It's well, like, our, our, three, three to four our, things. Our, yeah, three to four things happened in February <laughs> that we enjoyed. You'll get to listen to. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so, Luke, speaking Chris, of promises that we won't deliver on. <laughs> I should stop saying these things, shouldn't I? <laughs> I'm burying us already. Guys, thanks so much for hopping on for this. Appreciate it. And uh, until next time, uh, peace out, guys, and enjoy your games. Ta-ra! See you.